Welcome to the Spinfoil Theory Podcast. Each week we sit down and discuss our favorite lore topics from within the Destiny universe. Specifically, we intend to take a close look at a specific question that has been nagging us and potentially the Destiny community as a whole. To fulfill that, our discussions tend to assume that you already have some background in the Destiny lore. Despite that, our goal is to be as lighthearted and welcoming to everyone as possible. With that out of the way, let's dive into this week's topic. Alright, well, I mean, we, we have our intro and stuff pre-recorded, so it's really just, uh, uh, I, I guess I'm just going to kick it off here. Uh, welcome everyone, uh, today's today's topic is going to be um, with our very special guest, uh, Rhino666. Um, I, I like to I like to have it trail off like you're a predator, like six six six. He's a uh, very if you're not familiar, he he is a great uh, creator and um, in 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 like physical and content, you you do it all, just making stuff. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, but he's he's a if you might know, one of his particular uh, specialties or uh, like special area interests, areas of lore is is some of the weapons. So I I've invited him on here today, and I think what we're gonna do is have a nice little uh, talk about uh, some Omalon weapons. They seem to be the most like like space magicy. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. Of they're the, on the of the they're on the cutting edge of tampering with things they probably shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> um. And so for, for anyone that doesn't know, I'm just a very brief breakdown of, of how Omelon uh, works. They, they seem to use like a liquid ammo. And the launching mechanism, I, I, I mean, I'm going to defer to Rhino on this, but the, the launching mechanism seems to be like, you know, there's a couple different possibilities that, as to how that works. I don't think it's like super soak technology. I don't think it's trying to, uh, to use compressed air to, uh, to launch yeah. the... Uh, the <laughs> the bullet at you but yeah the bullet the bullet's made of liquid if you never noticed um one cool thing i i noticed uh back in d1 was like uh, the omelon scout rifles right you can see it when you reload and while you're shooting the, yeah. the water slowly like empties yeah that's pretty reload, cool it's back up yeah and it and it told you uh it, it showed you what element it was mm-hmm. yeah based by the color so you could tell if you had a solar scout or a void scout or an arc scout just by the color of the liquid floating around in there i used to love that when i ran around back when uh 450 ars were king i used to run around yeah. with the number and i used to always think it was like my little orange soda Just... <laughs> <laughs> pop it, pop yeah it i guess it could be shooting it could be shooting some sort of uh like shasta <laughs> <laughs> that would be the that would be the rare scout rifle the burn, the burn. it'd be the the name brand is reserved for like the legendaries and exotics Okay. <laughs> like, like you don't get Sun Coast until you get like that exotic drop, Sunkissed <laughs> or whatever. I love that. I love that. I also would have. I also would have accepted um, the exotic shoots Orange Julius at you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The exotic yeah. burn is diabetes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine the more you shot your enemy, the bigger they got until they just couldn't move. Oh God, that would that Maybe. sounds like something. Did you play Destroy All Humans? <laughs> it sounds like that sounds like a gun you would get in there. Like you just like you just like fill them up with it till they pop. Yeah. <laughs> um, a little a little back on a little back on track here. Um, I I have always thought that. 
one thing that was really cool about uh, the Omelon weapons was that they kind of they shoot like little the the little liquid bullets like we talked about but i always envision that cuz like when liquid just like exists in air like that it's like round and i'm sure i i imagine the shape changes maybe to become a little more conical as it's traveling or at least like maybe like a little more like oval mm-hmm. shape but like that was always yeah. really interesting to me because like i feel like you could do some wacky shit when you when you have like a round amorphous bullet yeah yeah it's pretty neat so <clears throat> i guess you know, the, the first introduction we had to, like, really the inner workings of an Amalon weapon was in D1, of course, but with hard light, because it was, it was really, exp- it, it kind of explained the most as to how Omelon, Omelon's projectiles worked, um, which it was a prototype for, for all the weapons that we know now, or a prototype, it was like, the precursor to what we think of Omelon now. Um, and it was developed uh, in a way that it would shoot a polymer composite bullet and that liquid ammo would harden mid-flight. So there was like this air of speculation that we all had that why does the bullet <laughs> all of a sudden become rubbery, bouncy, you know, super laser show, all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the coolest features about that gun was the the ability to, uh, you know, switch switch the element as you, as you were you know shooting the weapon. Uh, back in the day, it was horrible. I didn't have any <laughs> of its uh, <laughs> impact. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the funny thing is, is that even in the lore, it, it, it talks about how the damage doesn't fall off. But we know that not to be true nowadays. <laughs> yeah <laughs> with, the, with the recent nerfing but um oh, man, but was... but but yeah yeah so um i can remember in d1 i mean we just speculated and speculated and and so omelon is kind of like they're kind of like the um experimental they're kind of i always think of them as like the mad sa- scientist in the laboratory messing around with stuff they probably shouldn't be messing around with you know like Oh look what we figured out! Here you go. Let's put it in a gun. You know. I always felt like they're they're the version of the story. If like the guy, if Robin Williams, when he invented Flubber, had like just immediately <laughs> tried to weaponize it. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, like if the bad guy from Flubber got his way, like that's what would happen. Yeah, he took it. He like you know he got different flavors of Flubber. He loaded it. Uh-huh. <laughs> he loaded them up. Uh, um, I so I I really I really dig that I really dig that uh, juxtaposition just because it's and and now at least with this season with the uh, with the fallen guillotine they we know they're they're into swords too they're into like other other yeah. weapon areas and I like, yeah. I I always kind of wonder like you know how they talk about if uh, a lightsaber was going to exist in real life it would probably need to be like a little more contained like you'd have to have two ends and it would probably be something like like a like plasma. Right. So they, you know, that's funny you bring that up. (laughs) There are some real lightsabers. I'm sure you can look them up on YouTube, but uh, people, (laughs) people are actually making lightsabers now and and they actually are, you know, they're more like the old Knights of the Republic lightsabers where they had the little suitcase thing that was strapped to their hip or whatever with the battery and all that. Oh, right, right, Uh, right. 
but they're doing it and they work yeah they use this long rod of tungsten and they electrify it and it turns into plasma and it can cut through just about anything i guess not everything i mean it's not you know as soon as you touch it to something and it just instantly turns into fire but yeah it glows super hot you better not touch it because it's going to burn you that kind of thing whenever i think of tungsten it goes back to uh i think like probably like elementary history class but it goes back to like thomas edison and i'm just imagining like steampunk edison and yeah uh, yeah (laughs) like steampunk edison and uh, tesla like having lightsaber fights (laughs) Like yeah, battery imagine, backpacks. <laughs> imagine if they figured it out back then. I mean, they kind of, you know, I guess Tesla kind of, he was on the forefront of a lot of stuff and he was playing around. He's probably the Omelon of, oh, yeah. of the steampunk era, if you want to, oh, yeah. you know, kind of call to that. But yeah, so yeah, I mean, the idea of having lightsabers is not that far away now. Um, I mean, We've we've figured out how to use plasma as a cutting torch. In fact, I was using it yesterday. That's um, so cool. We have we have all kinds of uh, developed technology. So sci-fi has always been really rooted in uh, a lot of what can we do with the technology we have available now, and just kind of advance it forward enough to where we're like, wow, that seems like magic, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, so I think in regards to like destiny, maybe Omelon is kind of like that forefront of just dangerous technology type of, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. So yeah, they're they're doing the uh, they're applying the research super quick. Yeah, like way too quick, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> they're just they're diving right in, and I kind of like that. I kind of like uh, how the uh, like I can't wait to see how some of the other. Uh, foundries as they as they come into more from a lore aspect i can't wait to see how they go because like vice seems to have this like no but like let's shoot them with poison bullets like mm-hmm. or like with many yeah. bullets like type of thing and of course like tex mechanica like steals everything yeah and yeah, they're like the nefarious uh cowboy type of you know the 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 outlaw well i what i what i really love about it is it's 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 a really like funny uh juxtaposition for expectations because like they're the cowboy like capitalist like uh like like texan guy but they're also like hyper capitalist mm-hmm. in the same sense that they're like kind of like a the chinese knockoff like air quotes <laughs> like stereotype like they're the well yeah, yeah i can i can imagine a lot of the artists and and the guys working on these uh weapons you know because i I mean, I stare at this stuff all day long, so I'm I'm trying to figure out like what is going on in the minds of the creators at Bungie, right? Or mm-hmm. the people you know outside of Bungie that have influence on Bungie. So what I can't I can't help but think is a lot of these people are you know they're doing research, obviously, and that's one of the great things about Bungie is they do so much research. Mm-hmm. Um, and so. You know, if you just go back to history and what has that told us about um, the the weapons of the West, uh, a lot of these weapons were were uh, retooled, uh, you know, Russian, German uh, six shooters or firearms that were you know obtained through through other means, and then retooled here. Once the cowboys figured out how to make their own, you know, I mean, they say you know, Colt was was the driving force right of the west and the, um, the the quote that uh I, I believe it was an actual quote but i admittedly only know it from like hidalgo but it's uh like it's uh it's something like uh god didn't make men equal mr colt did 
Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's really close. Yeah, God didn't make uh, men equal, but cult did. Yeah. yeah. So like the 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 cult firearms, and you know that was the that was the capitalism, right? So cult was really kind of latching onto this idea that we're going to capitalize on uh, weapons and uh, spread them across the West. And uh, but the funny thing is, is that Americans once we figured out how to um, you know, perfect the firearm, perfect the hand cannon, <laughs> perfect yeah. the little six shooter pistol. Uh, everybody wanted it across the world. And they knew that we were, you know, cause we're, we're like, we were free, you know, there are a bunch of free, free running cowboys being able to do whatever they want, um, on the ranges. And, and once they, you know, were able to perfect the firearm where you could shoot some, you could <clears throat> shoot more than one shot on the back of a horse. Oh man, that opened up everything. And so we were just making tons of uh, guns uh, and providing them to the world. I really, so I really, I really dig that. That that makes uh, that sort of makes the uh, the sort of juxtaposition how they're how they're coming out, even in the little tidbits of lore that we get about the different foundries. It's making yeah. it like all the little more like spicy. And yeah. I, so I the text Mechanica, yeah. text Mechanica is very much the uh, um, embodiment of the stories of the West as far as. Uh, uh, you know, weapon manufacturers. Uh, so you got like Remington and Colt and all these other uh, companies uh, vying for top jock, you know, trying to, to be the best of the West. Uh, and so Tex Mechanica is kind of like playing on that idea that to get a, get ahead, they got to cheat a little, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> be a little... So they got to, yeah. yeah. So we're going to rig a couple of competitions, you know, in the crucible <laughs> and stuff like that. So, yeah. Is it take with your underhand, punch with your over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. They, they want to. Yeah. Step on your foot and push you down. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I um. So one one thing that I've I've always been wondering is when you look at the Omelon, uh, just shifting gears a little bit. Sorry about that. Uh, but when you look at the Omelon um, sidearms. They have those little tanks yep. under the front, and like, uh, and I, and yeah. they also fire like in in the three shot burst. But it makes me wonder: is is Omelon launching the sort of like liquid bullet we were talking about earlier? Is it launching it through pressure, or is it like? Because in some of the other ones, it kind of has this feel that maybe it's like a maybe it's like a like a railgun type thing. It's like it's like the barrel is what's is what's launching it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they the. In the lore, it talks about those those liquid canisters, and and I've even seen. Uh, I don't have it in front of me, so I can't like link it. But uh, I've had some artists and some uh, people at Bungie make comments about, you know, what was the the liquid or what was the propellant, you know, that mm -hmm. kind of thing. And um, basically, you know, there's always the the space magic quick answer, but. But uh, yeah, the the those cans like you see all over the tower in D one and D two in those crates, you know those those tanks of pressurized uh, um, propellant, right? So mm. you imagine like hairspray doesn't just come out, you know, it has to have a propellant. So they use butane now. Um, but anyway, they have to have a propellant that will help the the liquid ammo hard in mid flight and, and shoot out the gun. Right. So mm -hmm. there's this kind of like comp, there's like this combination of forces and, mm -hmm. 
So they leave it up to your imagination because they don't explain the exact science behind that. <laughs> I'm sure we'd all have Omalong weapons if we if we knew that, right? Right. Um, in real life, uh, but the idea is the liquid ammo mixed with the propellant is kind of the 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 magic combination that allows the gun to fire the projectile, right? And so you see these little liquid canisters in the scout rifles too. Um, and you see them, you see them pretty much everywhere. Uh, but now as things have developed, you know, we're seeing swords, like where's yeah. the, yeah. So where's the propellant in that? Is it just held in some sort of like <laughs> stasis pun right. intended, right? <laughs> is it, I, I, yeah. I, yeah. I wonder, is it, is it being like agitated? Like how does it go? And, and speaking yeah. of the sword, you guys, I just, I just want to put out there like, have you ever felt more useless than the second blade on the falling guillotine? <laughs> you only you spin it the one way, and it's like it's got two blades, and you never use the back one. <laughs> hey, I never thought about that. Yeah. <laughs> and does it fall? Like, is it really falling like a guillotine when you use it? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hmm. It. Uh, it reminds yeah, me I don't of, know, uh, man. It reminds me of. Um, like if I were gonna make uh like a sword for an action figure, if I took like one of those uh the the handle from one of those uh toothpick swords and it's like taped it to a razor, <laughs> I'd basically have the fallen guillotine. <laughs> like, yeah. Stick it in yeah. my action figure's hand. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. Um. Huh. But but yeah. Uh. So, Omelon. Omelon has like this this uh this kind of like weird repellent. It has an amorphous bullet. It has swords. Yep. It has swords. I'm I'm actually really curious. I feel like you know kind of kind of going down the rabbit hole of like of like where I think they're going. I feel like if anyone starts trying to like weaponize the Vex milk, it's gonna be them. No, no, it's it's not. It's oh, already it's not? happened. What? It's already happened. Yeah. What? Yeah, the Vex milk is being used today. Uh, in fact. I'm it was being it right used. <laughs> it was being used in D one, and you just didn't know it until recently, really recently. What? Go on. Sir. Yeah, let me blow your mind. So yes. you know the the Frosties boots for the yeah. hunter. Yeah. Yeah. That we just learned that that's Vex milk recently. What? Yeah. You know, it's some form of of the Vex milk. You know, they use it as as a coolant now. So remember in. In Curse of Osiris, we got a ton of weapons that were from the followers of Osiris. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And every one of those... Vaccinated, yeah. Yeah, so they're vaccinated, right? So they are using the Vex fluid as a coolant and, uh, you know, whatever other magical properties they have uh, to help the the guns <laughs> fire, do whatever they need to do. Yeah. That's so silly. I didn't think about that. But <clears throat> But before that came out, we actually got an ornament for uh the good old sniper rifle oh my gosh gotten this i'm re- flaking on the name Which... what is the one that has the ai on board uh darcy yes darcy we got an ornament for darcy before curse of osiris came out that actually showed the uh, vex properties on board and it even has the omniscient eye right the very evil eye at the very front of it so yeah, the little vex of the gate, the gate lord's eye looking type of scope. And then all the hoses running through it. So that actually came out before, it, just right before uh, Curse of Osiris came out. And then 
we got all these other guns that had the hoses involved. And uh, so Bungie loves to tease that stuff. So if you're ever out looking around before a new expansion comes out, pay attention to the weapons and ornaments that come out pre, uh, you know, pre-season, pre-expansion, whatever. Because there's little hints everywhere. That's a good call. That's a good yeah. Call. Uh, yeah, I could talk about this stuff all day. I mean, you're in the right space for it. <laughs> we will we will make it um bagels i've been i've been talking so much buddy uh did did you want to uh did you have any questions for the guest on the, on the long <laughs> weapons um i guess um i i don't claim to be an expert on <laughs> oh, no, on no, no, the no. weapon for, for founders uh it's, it's mostly just uh i've been uh yeah, I I've enjoyed the I've enjoyed the Omelon Foundry for qu- quite a while, and particularly I mean I go back to like the the hung jury and that that sort of stuff back in D one. Yeah, it's a great gun. A cactus. The, the, those are the names that 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 strike fear into the hearts of enemies. Sort of sort of oh, thing. Man. <laughs> I used to uh, love I used to love the cactus, uh, which whichever way I'm not sure, but I I used to yeah. love that gun in the. Wait, you know I I pronounce it coxitus. Coxes. But uh, like yeah, that. but but I've heard so many English professors <laughs> pronounce it um, like a hundred different ways. So I don't think <laughs> I think the ruling is still out on what the proper pronunciation of Coxitus is. <laughs> That's really, entirely fair. But uh, you, you know, it's funny in this day and age with all the with all the uh, you know information uh, running amok. We here in the states, after years of bastardizing the English language, have been. Um, we've been appropriating other cultures pronunciations. And so people that grew up with a certain pronunciation are encountering uh, a whole new generation of people who pronounce it the, in the ways of other countries, because that's how they're learning from YouTube and from other shows and stuff that are, that are pronouncing these things probably the correct way. (laughs) Yeah. It's a, it's a really cool um, facet, I think of, uh, of English as a whole, but like, particularly american english i think we we mm-hmm. kind of take this to like the nth level but uh when we we've talked about this on the show before and i know bagels and i have talked about it but uh, basically like we encounter a new word and we're like oh like this is mine now yeah like, we don't make a new we word we're that? just like let's use yeah. this word this word is already great we don't need they it. have they have a um they have a word for a lot of the mispronunciations and the um the mis interpreted meanings behind things because it sounds like something and they call it an egg corn um yeah so it's a very much a real word and Mm -hmm. so an egg corn is this idea that people give meanings to words because they sound like other words when they're said and not necessarily spelled out so one of the things that happened in america is people were running around saying, look at them acorns, look at them acorns, right? But they were saying acorns, right? They were just saying it wrong. And so people thought the reason why it was called an acorn is because it was in the shape of an egg. Well, in fact, it was not. Acorn <laughs> was just a mispronunciation of acorn. And then people applied this alternate meaning to it because they thought it sounded cool, right? They saw, thought it sounded right. Sure. <laughs> I like that. So, so you got to be careful, you know, you got to be careful of the, um, like, I don't think the really, the truest way to know the root meaning of any word is uh, by breaking down, you know, the, 
the the word in the in the pieces you've got to go back to like latin you know and find out what what does this yeah yeah well and so but but that's the other problem is now you've got you know all of these acorns running around and so people will define things by what they think they think it means you know and the one of my one of my favorite ones is uh there's there's an argument about uh anime so uh-huh. is anime just uh animation from japan or is it as it's used in japanese all animation right yeah well you know in america we were kind of responsible for for that too um uh because you know we don't use the term anymore but we used to call it Japanimation, right? Mm-hmm. So people people in the 80s and the 90s remember Japanimation. That was just the combination of Japanese animation. Like That was a way to distinctly differentiate Tom and Jerry cartoons from cartoons that came from Japan. And so we didn't have anime as a word to use to describe those types of cartoons. So what these guys were doing was basically taking Japanese com- uh, uh, cartoons, combining them, and then making our own version of it like robotech right robotech. that was macross yeah. Macross, yes. yeah oh my god yeah. oh my god oh my god i just grew did a up binge. on robotech i just did a binge through both of those i started with robotech because it's on uh it's on it's on prime and then mm-hmm. also original macross because that's that's the only one that harmony gold can distribute worldwide but like that's also yeah. on prime now and so i started with that and i went down the whole just the whole thing and man there were there were twists and turns. <laughs> I tell you yeah. what, when you watch the whole the whole the whole Macross discography. <laughs> fun 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 fact. Do you remember the little um, motorcycle guys on Robotech? You know, yeah. it was a whole another cartoon, Most but they Spita. made it all Robotech. Yeah, yeah that's okay. Mosquito. Yeah, so those 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 little guys in those uh, armored armor suits, they yeah. were inspirational in some of the the first Bungie games. Uh, as far as like ODSTs, Halo, Master Chief, stuff like that. Some of the artists that were working on uh, developing what the armored suits would look like uh, use those as references. I really love that. Awesome. That really yeah. makes me happy. I um, So yeah. I actually have the, uh, the two Robotech games that came out for PS2. Mm-hmm. I've got Battlecry and Invasion. So like Battlecry is the one that's like uh, the first season. And then mm-hmm. Invasion's the little the little guys. They completely oh, skipped yeah. season two, but yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So I've got, I've got, I've got those two. Invasion is still in its plastic. Wow. <laughs> That's how often. Yeah. I'm, so is my Simpsons Hit and Run. What kind of fan am I? That's but, uh, funny. I, well, I'm, I'm really excited. I'm really excited because uh, I'm gonna get, I'm, I'm gonna pick up a PS5. A PS5 is gonna have backwards compatibility through uh, mm-hmm. internet connection. So if like you have okay. the disc to these old games, it'll read it and then you'll play like a. Uh, a, a version that you just download directly to your uh, SSD. Oh, neat. It, yeah, it's it's like how uh, it's kind of how like pretty much like the modern game works too, right? So you have the disc that just kind of like it gives you the base stuff to install if you don't have an internet connection, but then it's basically like installed on See, the that's SSD. That's way better. Why yeah. can't why can't all consoles follow this uh, this this type of format of where you either get I mean, they could just put it on a, a little USB disc at this point where you get a physical piece tool to download the game. And then, you know, I know everything's going to be online, so there's going to be updates and whatever. But at least you've got the 100 gigabytes uh, ready right there to download instead of relying on your Internet connection to do what an hour to two hour install. Yep. Right. It's, it's so exactly annoying. It's, it's frustrating. So and then also you have a physical 
uh, property. You know, that was something that came up yesterday when everybody was talking about um, Bungie, uh, you know, vaulting things and is this ethical stuff like that. Um, and so this this idea came up of people people being upset about how it's not going to be there anymore when you paid for content that was supposed to be there. And, you know, like your Amalon weapon might be curved on a shelf for a while, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that, that I realized way before destiny came out was I knew that this was going to be a trend. And I knew that this was going to be a problem way back then when we were starting to see games no longer come on a disc for quick, easy, fast installs. And mm -hmm. I knew once that happened, people are going to be able to do whatever they want. Because if you think about it, if you have an original Xbox right now and you have Halo 2, okay, and you go put Halo 2 in your original Xbox, you can play the game. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you have an Atari 2600 and you put Missile Command in, in the game, you can play the game, right? Like there it. wasn't some un update. There wasn't some, you know, vaulted <laughs> expansion. You know, the, it didn't just disappear one day, right? Mm -hmm. It's still there. And so I knew as soon as Destiny was coming out that we were headed for this this new frontier where one day, you know, they're gonna, you know, they're just gonna have to delete or change the base. You can't go to Destiny One and play Destiny One the way it was the day you got it. Oh, it, no. It's been changed. Yeah. It's been, there's no way. It's been changed a lot since day one. And <laughs> uh -huh. end, end of life, <clears throat> or not end of life, but like end of updates. Destiny, like yeah. holy crap! You'd, you'd go in there. You honestly, like you'd be probably if you played that, you'd probably be pissed off when you got to D two, even as it is now. Yeah. So <laughs> one of the, one of the things that happened in the community is immediately when we recognize, you know, it was probably like six, eight months into Destiny one when we all realized, oh, my God, some of this stuff that we have, it could very much disappear and there'll be no record of it. So that was and this is a funny origin story for me personally, but that was one of the reasons why I got into oh my God, I better start taking pictures of this stuff and start recording this information as much as I can or at least have some sort of mental record so that I can prove it existed. Um, mm -hmm. Because, you know, things from Destiny 1 beta, we don't have record of. There's a few things we don't have record of that very much were in that beta. Oh, um, like a, like um, the Aldrin scene? Yeah, well, you know, somebody took a screenshot, thankfully, uh, and we have the old video on YouTube to keep recycling, right? Yeah. But no, other things, like uh, most people don't even know there was a shotgun that was called Fun Police. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's true. I remember because that's, that's where you got you his name from. you can't find a picture of it. You can't find a picture of it anywhere. <laughs> oh, well, what is it? So, I mean, and, I and then there's... I have a picture of it, but... I love it. But then there's little, then there's little phantoms, right? So, like, if you had a Destiny, a Day One Destiny uh, disc, that disc has Peter Dinklage's voice in it. Yes, and exactly. you can't listen to it. <laughs> like... can't. Luckily, we recorded it. But so if you if you've noticed, you know, Ishtar Baxter, he's, you know, a part of the Loose Cannon show. Mm -hmm. um, but he, you know, he started Ishtar uh, way back when as a means to collectively start, you know, aggregating all this data. And so when you if you go to Ishtar, you'll notice that it's like everything pre uh, what was it? Uh, everything pre, you know, Crota. Uh, Dark Below extension, it just says uh, sometime in Destiny, right? One. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so 
like if you look at it you're like when did this come out and it's like pretty much okay well that's when he started getting all this uh information and trying to collect it and yeah so you know we were all like oh god we better start recording voice lines we better start you know listening to the guys the npcs in the tower what are they saying i remember one of dado's first videos he ever created was him standing in the tower sitting next to npcs and just with a pen and paper and a spiral notebook writing down what everyone was saying and hmm. then and then trying to make a video out of that you know sure. like and then you know put that on reddit so this is what this is the crazy thing that you know hideo said today you know or this is what i heard on the pa system and so people were trying because we were afraid that oh crap this could go away forever and I mean, in, in a way, in a way, that stuff is gone. The stuff they were saying around the tower, mm -hmm. like even in D2 when it was released. Yeah. <laughs> you know, one of the things, one of the reasons why I know that uh, there's coffee in in Destiny is because of the Crypt Arc. You know, he had a, <laughs> he had a throwaway line in Destiny 1. If you stood next to him, uh, he would say at a random point, he would just say, more coffee, more coffee. <laughs> I like that. I like that, and I really, I really like that. Uh, that the stuff grows. Like you really have to, um, little for little tidbits like that. You kind of have to be there in a certain mm -hmm. space of time. Yeah. And I, 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 I know that there's a lot of like people upset with like FOMO. I don't think that's what this is because this is like these are not like you don't lose anything from not hearing it, but it makes your experience more rich if you do. It kind of yeah. rounds out the universe is what it does it, it yeah it, it doesn't doesn't necessarily expand the lore but it really it really just completes the experience of you being immersed in in the game world i would i, I wholeheartedly yeah. agree with that and yeah it, i think you hit the nail on the head right there oh do um do you think you know, like little tidbits like that sort of a so uh use this as a segue so the um the the little lines, the little like talking about, I'm trying to think if there are any specifically, because there's like definitely political ones like Hideo says, but then I think, I think like to your point, the, the crates being everywhere, mm -hmm. just sort of like, you know, rounding us, uh, bringing us, bringing us back, uh, around the, uh, around the bend there. I, I, if I want to say most of the Omalong crates are over by dead orbit, right? Yeah, yeah, I think, well, are they now only by uh They're not Dead only Orbit? there, but they're mostly okay. over there. I, I still what? would say that's where, like, the largest... One of them is in the farm, too. Like, one of them yep. is in the farm. I can't yep. remember. And I want to say uh, the Drifter originally was hanging out by some... There's, like, a couple Omelon things and, like, a mm. vending machine. Yeah, there's mm. a lot of little clues. I mean, you know, the guys in 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 the the writing team at Bungie, they had definitely have a thematic representation of where they want to go, uh, and they're all sharing the same resources. So they they basically know. It, it's kind of like uh, if you think of the three factions, the main three factions and the Vanguard as a separate entity. You think of the main three factions as okay, you've got. Um, you know, you've got very rigid, structured, um, you know, uh, almost, you know, almost like this is the way there is no other way monarchy. And then you've got oh, the, the, the future war cult. Who's <laughs> yeah. Just, 
Yeah, the future war cult who's just tampering with with stuff, and all they want is you know to win the war because mm-hmm. they see it as an inevitability. And then you've got Dead Orbit who's just like, we got to get out of here and start over, you know. And then <laughs> so everything that goes along with that, they they try to find commonality with like what are the weapon foundries um, uh, ideologies know. exactly. So they've got to. Obviously, Dead Orbit's going to be around some people that have a semblance of their types of ideology, and so is Future Oracle, and so is uh, New Monarchy. Um, which begs the question: like, if you think about certain weapons, and I'm going back to D1 because maybe D2 is a little bit more flooded, and everybody's just kind of cool with each other now. Mm-hmm. But back in D1, when there was like this actual separation of ideologies, like you said. Um, they really didn't want to have anything to do with one another. They just knew they had to work together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it was kind of like this commiseration of forces, <laughs> right? Um, so I can't help but think like, uh, well, why wouldn't Dead Orbit have an Omalone weapon, you know, the hung jury? Um, mm-hmm. why, why wouldn't, you know, Future War Cult have, uh, a truth like rocket launcher um why wouldn't you know new monarchy um who knows what they have i don't really care <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just joking. are you are you a uh, are you a dead orbit fan yeah i'm a dead orbit fiend you're dead orbit fiend? i would I'm, I'm future i'm future war cult uh through and through personally yeah, yeah. um yeah. but i think that's more and i i, I those two definitely it I feel like, sorry, like anyone who picks New Monarchy, I feel like you just, I, who is the VA for him? For Hideo? Because, like, the VA? Voice, voice actor, actor, sorry. Oh, oh, yeah. Because um, I know, question. I know, like, I know, I know Dead Orbit, I, I never remember his name, but he's a famous actor, and then yeah. I can't pronounce her name, but she's a famous she's actress. Famous. Like, you've seen her in a bunch of stuff. Um,. And then I'm like, mm, yeah. and then there's Hideo. <laughs> James Remar. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's like... Triple wreck, right? Ari? <laughs> Is it? <laughs> I, would... Every, I remember back in the day, people used to make memes of triple wreck in Hideo's outfit, which really didn't require much Photoshopping. <laughs> Okay, this is. You ever like feel bad when you miss oh. out on a place in time? This is mine. Uh, I wish I could have been there for Triple Rec <laughs> becoming Hideo. Yeah, look it up. It's online. I'm sure Triple Rec is Hideo. He 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 used to meme himself on it. But I love yeah, it. I absolutely yeah. love it. Um, but yeah, it makes me wonder. Um, because especially as you mentioned in uh in D1, there was a lot more, uh, sort of uh fractured uh alliance allegiances and, and alliances mm-hmm. uh in the last city and i think that particularly just kind of had to do with how well things were going um you know i i think the the red war kind of changed a lot of that and i, and I think that's you know kind of the result of what we end up seeing uh now where everyone's you have yeah. a lot more overlap well the great unifier is war right so the yeah. the idea that if you want to make everyone come together, you've got to introduce an opposing outside force that threatens the very existence <laughs> of humanity. So when the Red War happened, they had no choice uh, than to work together as best sure. they could to keep from you know going extinct. Yeah, and I think, I think uh, at that point when you start seeing kind of like what you were talking about, Amalan weapons in in other faction gear, mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that. 
I think that definitely makes a lot a lot of sense. But it's really interesting to me. I, I I'm wondering. I'm wondering what about uh, Amalan's stuff really spoke to uh, to Dead Orbit in the first place. And like, part of me just has to go with it's probably just that it uses liquid. So <laughs> something well, that you're much it, more like you're not using lead. You're not using like yeah, any specific resource. Using you a little bit. But, but okay, so so going back to Destiny One, um, one of the things that stuck out in the very beginning of the game um, was hard light. And so bringing it back to that, hard light didn't have a visual representation of the liquid ammo inside. In fact, the the shell around that liquid ammo reservoir was very much encased. You couldn't see the 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 fluid inside. And so when it first came out, um, you know, people were really interested. Like, where's the liquid? Where's the ammo? It's got a it's got mm -hmm. a bullpup design. It's got a freaking magazine in the, in the back. Where? How does this work? Right. Mm -hmm. So that was a prototype for um, Omelon. And so if you look at the grimoire, it describes it as an ionized polymer symbolistic attack platform. <laughs> So, attack so, platform. Yeah. So what they're trying to say is um, that the the ionization would have come from the propellant and the liquid, uh, you know, combining, and then the symbolistic, which would be the symbiotic ballistic pro uh, projectile that comes out of it because mm -hmm. it's a ballistic and it's a sin, you know, it, it, it's that whole combi combination. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So it's like a it's like a synthesized uh, piece of of space magic that comes shooting out the end of the the barrel, and so if you look at the if you look at the explanation for that, they're they're basically pointing to how is this made, and so they tell you very vaguely the team the design team included several specialists, exos, and at least one warlock, thanatonaut. <laughs> so that right there tells you holy crap we're never going to know what the hell omelon is up to because first of all exos are uh, rooted in mystery warlocks and autonauts they won't tell us anything about them and everything they know comes from killing themselves and finding out what happens on the other side of death and uh yeah flashes of memories and it's really interesting um uh, the description of the original uh, hard light, because I think one of the ornaments mimics that for it in mm -hmm. D2. Mm -hmm. it, uh, it covers up that reservoir, and then the front of the gun kind of has this like shroud on it. I'm, I'm guessing it's because the uh, the components up there aren't properly encased. Um, yeah. And... You know, we got, the, we got the Frosty Frozen version a year before we ever knew about stasis. <laughs> that's, that's also true. Frosty mm -hmm. Frozen. Um, and stasis is going to be very interesting. To see, mm -hmm. because we're we're already seeing, I think, uh, thematically with some of the larger releases, uh, exotic mm -hmm. weapons that kind of have a, a theme after our super. So, yeah. like, uh, you know. So this Keep. so this question comes up a lot. Like, how people ask this question a lot, and I see it over and over and over again. And I'm trying to explain it, you know, trying to define it best for people so that they can understand in just a simplified format without having to go into a paragraph of speech, right? So. Um, if you think about why is it a frozen, why is it ice, why is it, you know, cold, stuff like that, the very simplest way I can describe it is if you imagine entropy as the absence of any form of energy in a vacuous space, right? Mm -hmm. There's not going to be any warmth from anything. It's going to be very much frozen. So if you bring entropy 
into a very physical space or a uh, a place that's all warm and fuzzy, what's it going to do to the elements around it? What's it going to do to the environment around it? I mean, it's going to very much impose itself on that. So if you bring entropy, like if you could hold entropy in your hand and then just throw it out in your front yard, it's going to be ice because I, the very absence of every uh, elemental uh, form of heat, warmth, it, it's going to act in opposition to your environment. I, uh, I think, I think uh, yeah, that, that kind of arrives at a similar conclusion. I think we've we've come to on the show is that the you know it 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 really follows a sort of theme if you think of all the light-based powers we have as uh, different mm-hmm. forms of radiation mm-hmm. uh you know speeding yeah. up of molecules and then you have yeah. this being the first darkness power that you get and it's what's it doing it's slowing them down it's removing the energy from the equation so the average kinetic motion of the molecules is slowing down aka the temperature lows lowers yeah you've got you've got nothing vibrating anymore so you've yep. got this just you've just got this emptiness you know er- they say the the inevitability is everything will be entropy at, at one well, point. So, in time. so so one one thing that that also uh, is really interesting to me about the power since since we're talking about it is uh in almost literally every other case, like water and motor oil are the two weird things in the universe when it comes to uh, freezing <laughs> and heating up. So like water is the only thing that expands as as you make it colder. Yeah. And then motor oil is the only thing that ex uh, that. Uh, <laughs> that uh like thins out as you uh or that like gets more viscous as you heat it up um like for all yeah. intents and purposes sorry like science fam if you're like no taylor sure. there's like eight other things like okay i'm sorry yeah there are, <laughs> there, there are a lot of things it's cool no i understand what you're saying yeah. well so all we can do is um all we can do as humans is try to relate what we know in the sci-fi realm at, it, to our surroundings mm-hmm. um and I think I think I think as far as Bungie goes, as far as the sci-fi writers go, they they have a very good understanding about uh, these types of things, and they they're doing their best to relate it to the most um, scientific <laughs> explanation mm-hmm. they can, <clears throat> mixed with a little bit of mystery. So, mm-hmm. like you think about like your your reference to water and oil and how they react different to 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 uh, different types of either heat or cold. Um, you know, that's, that's all contained here on earth, right? We don't know what, you don't know what's going to happen to those, those particular, um, objects until you're in, in space or until you're in a completely different type of environment. Right. So when you think about things like, which is a very real thing now, as you think about things like, um, oh, uh, when you think about the molecules of, 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 of synthetics, when you think about stretching out those synthetics until they're vapor thin to where you can hold them in your hand like a cloud, uh, like Neil deGrasse Tyson's, you know, quotes here, Tesseract. <laughs> he has, uh, um, NASA has developed a way to take, um, you know, a, a very synthetic material, which is a, a petroleum-based material, and stretch it out so thin that the molecules are so far apart that it has almost zero weight when you hold it in your hand, but it's very much there and you can see it. Um, so, I mean, it's amazing what we're able to do in, in this world today with just what we know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, you think about like, well, okay, so that's a thing. How do I, how do I incorporate that into this, uh, into destiny? 
you know so th- yeah. these guys are these guys are very much fans and 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 uh you know educated people trying to use what they know of the world and science and and incorporate it into the game as best they can yeah i really uh i i really love the uh i feel like they go the extra mile yeah to uh, to to like apply like even theoretical science yeah sure you know i mean and that's that's the other thing too it's like some things are popular now or some things get explained later so obviously you know there's an expiration date to a lot of this stuff uh because when we learn new information or when we have uh when we have new proofs new discoveries you know old ideas uh, start to fade away like string theory you know uh, those things start to fade away as we start to understand more about the universe mm-hmm. going on and they're like um, and especially when you bring in space magic you can kind of skip like yeah science wise but then i got they space have to magic have to back, back it up door. Yeah. yeah they gotta have a back door a trap door a way to get out in case they need to you know right? there's always every time they make a room they gotta have a, a way escape patch <laughs> I really, I really like that. I really yeah. like that. Um, now for for you, I, I, I guess, I guess, I, I, I'm curious for this. Like, what is your favorite? The way the conversation's going, what, what is your favorite sort of a uh, application that they've taken from like real world uh, mechanics? Or something and applied uh, to a weapon or, or gun specifically, um, or or just weapon in general. Maybe you have like a different feel to it. Like, hmm. what's what's your favorite? Know. What's your I, favorite? I mean, like, I, I, like, yeah. Uh, if I had to, if I had to, like, cite, uh, I don't know, man. I, I love them all. I, I think all of them are really cool. Uh, I mean, that's one of the great things about the game is just the weapon diversity. You know the idea of all of the different types of guns you get to play with in, mm-hmm. in the game, mm-hmm. and how they all work so different. So I really like that. Um, I mean, it's frustrating at times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I really can't pick just one. Um, I I like I like the idea be, uh, behind all of them. Um, it's it's kind of the medley of how all these like you've got you've got your western style weapons you've got your your future your futuristic uh science fiction type weapons in in omelon with with the liquid based packs you've you've got you've got basically everything you can imagine in the destiny universe as far as weapon design goes and the medley of all that is kind of what makes it fun (laughs) in in my opinion Uh, yeah i don't don't know how you feel about it but that's kind of my thought process yeah, I agree. I mean, that's kind of where I'm at with that. Um, I, I like, I just like all the guns, you know. I mean, if I had to pick just a gun, you know, to be like my favorite gun, um, as far as lore goes, it would have to be Stalker BNGL, which is the the old rare Destiny 1 scout rifle that you get in the random drop running around circles on on Venus. Uh, but it, it, as far as guns go, it had one of the coolest uh, graphic designs on it. It had a, a bangled tire, tiger's head on the side of the gun, sure. and nobody paid attention to it. And so that, to me, was like the epitome of gamers and they're and they're just not caring you know they immediately dismantle something blue but when you look at the gun you're like wow this is really cool and it actually fired pretty good i i I can dig that um i i I guess um 
That's, I, I, I really like that answer. Uh, I, I guess for me, I really like how they apply uh, a lot of like real-world uh, mechanics into the firearms in mm-hmm. there. So like uh, most uh, most recently, just because I, I was trying to uh, get the uh, catalyst done for it finally, uh, Tommy's Matchbook. Now, I have the oh, yeah. ornament for it. The ornament for it is uh, it makes it black, like is is one more notable thing. But uh, one thing uh, you, you might, well, you know, right now, I'm sure. But like the <laughs> listeners, you, you might not know, is that that gives it a much more traditional sort of a like Thompson body. Like it has like yeah. a, a little bit of like flair in the stock, but like it's 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 a much more like traditional body. And when you look at it in game, you can actually see that it's it's stamped. So it's it's got like a manufacturer's stamp of uh <laughs> like that it's a repeating uh 45, uh, and it's meant for yeah. like flame ammunition, <laughs> like doing that yeah. extra stuff. And it's it uh if you yeah. if you don't aim down sights while you have it, you can actually see the action, which is also really cool. <laughs> um, yeah, it is really cool. Yeah, the the you know they got they they have a whole dedicated team of of people who work with with uh. Um, weapons in real life. Um, one of the Vidocs they did was showing off some of the the field testers on making recording sounds and uh, you know taking video shots of real actual weapons using different types of ammo. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they showed off. Um, one of the sound engineers was trying to capture the sound of uh, thermite exploding as they shot it with a projectile from far away with a with just like a little uh, rifle. And they they used that sound from that thermite explosion to um, for one of the grenades uh, that you use uh, in Destiny Two, and so I thought that was pretty cool. But but even back in Destiny One, they had a field, you know, they had a team of experts who they go to uh, anytime they have a question or when they want to, you know, put something in the game that they they feel like it's important enough to to be as accurate as possible, I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that happened when we first got the game was everybody's like, how does a gun shoot a bullet out of a bottom barrel when it's not even lined up with the, <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, it's yeah. not even lined up with let's, the. <laughs> let's, let's, let, let, let me introduce you to my friend Madaba. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly, exactly. So there's there are guns, guys, in the world that actually do that. Um, and they actually shoot pretty well. Uh, yeah, the uh, having the barrel at the bottom of the cylinder like that. Um, mm-hmm. For those of you who don't know, uh, it it gives the kick a lot more straight back, so you don't yep. get a lot of a uh, flare in your shot. So you yep. don't have the uh, the sort of a uh, cowboy action. Going back to our conversation earlier, uh, yep. cowboys because they would traditionally shoot not only one handed, but because of the barrel design, would typically actually aim at your knees because the reaction of the gun would put it in your chest. Hmm. Um, that's, that's, that's because they were taught to shoot one-handed also. I don't think modern ones have as much of that. but Yeah. I mean, you got your you know long-barreled, dirty, hairy guns, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I always, so, so I always wanted them to, if, like, like everyone loves Dirty Harry, but, like, I was a, I was a Charles Bronson fan. Oh, like, yeah, the yeah. Death Wish series. And I yeah. always wanted a Wildy to show up in, like, some game. That's funny. Yeah, dude. Uh, for those... Uh, Guys, uh, W-I-L-D-E-Y, I think it is, but it's it's uh it's one of the first. Uh, I think it might predate the Desert Eagle, but it's like the first like gas-operated, big-ass fucking hand cannon. Sure. And it's it's not a revolver. Yeah. And it has like, but it has adjustable. You can put different length barrels on it, and the barrels look like a revolver barrel. So it's like this little slide in the back and this big gnarly fucking like fuck you barrel. 
<laughs> and Charles awesome. Bronson. I want a barrel, a want a barrel so it. long that when you look at the, I want a barrel so long when you look at the stats, you can't even see the end of it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> like the fucking Joker in Batman eighty nine. <laughs> 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 I, that's 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 what um that's what I was really hoping one of the ornaments for uh, Ariana's vow would be, since it's basically yeah. a sniper rifle. Is it's just like a really insanely like cartoonishly long barrel. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. It changes the animation so you hold it like a rifle. <laughs> You're just holding the little barrel up. I want it so long when I shoot an enemy at close range, it actually goes. You can punch the enemy through with with the barrel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the bagel variant also has a bayonet on the end. Yes, preferably. <laughs> make, it, make it longer. Make it a jousting hand cannon. Everyone's there. Um, I really dig that. Uh, one thing, one thing I, I I'm always curious about, and I, and I think comes up a lot, is uh, especially when we get into uh, like our vehicles uh, that we encounter. They all seem to have either like ridiculous like rocket propelled ammo. I'm thinking about the Cabal uh, vehicle we can we can drive, and or it like shoots like little energy blasts. Um, sort of like the uh, the the spikes, the uh, the uh, shrieks, the um, the the fallen bike. Guy. yeah yeah that's kind of cool um yeah well, um, uh, that's what... some that's something else that's something else you brought up you know the um bungee bungee when the art when the creators were creating the fallen um mm -hmm. you know the pirates of the game the, mm -hmm. the fallen uh they used an old uh japanese um anime uh art um as reference which was uh I'm going to butcher the name. Um, Mech Krieger, I think is what it's called. Uh, and, and so like the, you think about the, um, the fallen vehicles and how they look. Uh, they're very much like uh, world war two combined with some futuristic space shell, you know, thingy that's combined with some weird floaty bits. Uh, <laughs> that was, that was very much an art style, uh, in Japan. And, and so these like, really uh, like that. apocalyptic vehicles that were basically morphing, you know, these old world war vehicles like tanks and stuff, and then mixing them with, uh, the futuristic ideas that Mech Krieger, uh, art style was, uh, integral in developing the fallen as, as a, as a, as a, as a species race, whatever. So uh, one of the things that came up a long time ago <clears throat> was why is there English writing on a fallen grenade? Because in they stole D1? it. And uh, <laughs> so they're little. Yeah. Cause they stole. Yeah. Cause they basically <laughs> stole our technology and they just made their own crap out of it. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they found some parts. They found a yeah. weapon cache somewhere, and they're like, "Oh, like consume, <laughs> like yeah, <laughs> enhance, we, we need a, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much, yeah." <laughs> um, so you think about like you think about the fallen as a race. Uh, be, they're taking the tech from from whatever they can find, mm -hmm. and so whatever they whatever they've encountered along the way is very much the reason why they look in and fly you know drive 
mm-hmm. and whatever they have looks the way it looks. I mean, there's a there's probably a reason why their servitors look like a traveler too, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, right. it's they're producing the ether for them uh, or you know to survive, and, and they so they. It. Yeah, they make it in the the shape of their their god machine, which was was the traveler at one point. Um, so, you know, I mean, it it's amazing, right, to think of of all of these races. And so, the fallen are a little bit easier to understand from that aspect, but the cabal because they're very much rooted in uh, just this ominous mystery. Uh, they're morphs for crying out loud. We still don't know what the hell they are. And uh, scions aside from being an an enslaved race, um, you know, their ships, their vehicles, I mean, the Leviathan for crying out loud, (laughs) those, those things, who knows where those things come from. I am really excited because the number one thing vibe I get from the Leviathan is it's like space magic mixed with steampunk. Like there is just pipes everywhere. Yeah. You're running through, there's like pipes and fans and things overheat if you stay in there too long and you don't kill everybody. Like they they activate the the system. Like it's it's very, it's very interesting uh, to me. But this kind of brings me back uh, what what you were mentioning about the the fallen just now kind of kind of made me think of uh you know the story you gave for uh how the uh, hard light was developed with the uh, the thanatonaut and the, the yep. exos the uh, the uh, mm-hmm. you know these all these uh you know one person who's exploring uh past life slash golden age potentially memories and other people who might like still have some right because uh, from from their origin depending on on who they had and it really makes me wonder if maybe like uh what omelon is doing is rediscovering a golden age uh technology with uh with their weapons um because i i i'm thinking as i'm going on uh like i feel like the time is going to come where we finally get a sparrow with a gun on it and i feel like liquid space magic propelled bullets might be a really strong candidate because if you could just store it however you want on the thing <laughs> it doesn't really matter yeah that'd be cool it's in I, I mean i guess then there's you know there's the whole there's the whole idea like you know, transmat and the ghost being able to, you know, retool mm-hmm. freaking elements you find out in the field. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's that, but you got to, I guess you have to have the, the data or the know-how to do it. Right. I mean, it was one of the reasons why, you know, we, when we first started destiny one, we weren't just instantly cryptarchs all of a sudden in order to take a, an, a, a rare, or common engram and decode it, you had to bring it to somebody who knew how to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, so you had to bring it to a cryptarch. But as you as you gain more light, as you gain more knowledge, you're able to do them yourself in the field. So you see an engram in the field and you run over it and then boom, it turns into a weapon. Mm-hmm. Well, now you're smart, right? <laughs> you're smarter. <laughs> you know, you, you're able to do some of the things that the cryptarchs were 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 now he's just a now he's just a um, just a, a pop up board in the tower he's not even yeah i mean he, you just ignore him at this point yeah we hardly use him for anything i think like maybe the five prime engrams you get each week yeah you got a bunch or of shaders you need to delete real quick <laughs> missed out on a on an exotic you need to go pick up yeah well so bringing it back to omalon because i know you want to if you think about if you think about um Omalon as trying to recapture some of that mysterious golden age technology that we were probably not supposed to be messing with. And then you think about what does that point to in the future? Like 
you know, what are we going to see when we finally get uh, beyond light? Um, you know, you know, mm. whenever we get it, if it doesn't Deep keep stone. Crypt. Yeah. So um, some of the things that have happened recently, uh, as far as clues in the game are, you know, Omelon aligning with the dark darkness uh, energy type of uh, theme. And, well, you know, we've got some, we've got some clues to that. So they're trying to use, because they've always been on, they've always been on the, um, the dangerous experimental side of things. It makes sense for them to be one of the first foundries to adopt a new type of uh, energy. That's or lack totally fair. Mm-hmm. So, I, I really you know, like, yeah, so like they, they, of course, they're going to be like, yeah, hell yeah, let's make a sword that the drifter can use and let's spread it all over the place and see what they can do with it. Um, and so, you know, you've got that, but then you've also got uh, like their shader that just came out in the latest update. It's called, you know, what is it called? Dark Omelon? Yeah. Something like yeah. that. Yeah. About. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, they're very much playing with, with fire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, they're, they're, or the lack thereof, they're trying to, you know, they're trying to embrace this new scary uh, frontier and use it to our advantage, you know, so they're not scared. I mean, they're, they're not, they're not afraid. They're just, they're just crazy. (laughs) (laughs) And so they're, they're, hell yeah, they're going to go out there and try to scoop up as much of this darkness and, and imbue it into their guns as possible and start using it. And then I'm sure as we go on, uh, other foundries will fall in, fall in line too and start to, you know, be okay with it. Like, but that makes you wonder, like, who would be out of all the foundries, who would be like the last to try it, you know? (laughs) Uh, I mean, the last to try it, I would. I feel like that's that's a. It depends on how things go. Um, if it's not uh-huh. very popular, Tex Mechanica. If yeah, like everyone else perfect. does it and like nobody likes it, be like, oh yeah, well that's why that's why we at Tex Mechanica stuck to it. our guns. Yeah, most of the guns are 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 kinetic style weapons. Um, are that type of theme uh but they they already have a shader for for uh, the last word which makes it look like a darkness ship um so maybe not so much oh that's true i forgot about that or the, ornaments the, yeah the ornament the ornaments are so silly on, on some of them um and it's well it's really interesting that you that you uh, bring up that too because i think i think thematically the first the first foundry who may have heard word or may have been asked to develop weapons in reference to uh, the darkness we're currently facing, I think would have been Omelon. And I say that because it goes back to the lore about dead orbit. Um, the lore cards where they're out at the edge of the system. And, you know, I think now we can look back and say that what, what that, uh, what that member of dead orbit was encountering was, was the darkness. Right. Yeah. Dead orbit. Um, Dead Orbit, the reason why we were able to advance forward in the story arc at the very beginning of the game was because of a Dead Orbit pilot who was out in the middle, yeah, out in the middle of nowhere who helped us start the array back up for the Warmind to come back online. So if that hadn't happened, if he didn't die out there for us, we wouldn't have been able to, you know, um, 
fight the the hive that were flooded in that area where we had to make the satellite come back to life you know that that spot sure um yeah so like you know there's things like that so yeah the dead orbit's always been out there trying to explore beyond the heliopause if they can get there uh and and see what the the next step is uh what the next great um frontier is or where they can escape or wherever we they can you know go seek refuge for uh, uh at yeah i uh I, I really like actually how the uh because uh dead orbit helped as uh, as you just as you just described um future war cult helped us uh when we started encountering pre-death's ghosts Mm-hmm. Yeah. and uh if you think about it in a lot of ways they helped out um in the same ways that predith was able to uh like if not for interpreting and receiving those messages i don't think we could have gotten the vault of glass weapons i don't think we could have gotten uh yeah you know, the uh the help uh he eventually got uh more recently in aspect but uh yeah, yeah. And, and i think i think that's great and then you have a uh, new monarchy who killed the conquer dot <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> they were getting out of line <laughs> yeah. and, and yeah. took hideo's uh textile factory <laughs> just <laughs> yeah yeah the the the, pla- the plasteel armor was because of uh um new monarchy or hideo mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he yeah. was um and what is it it and what what i really what i really like found was a really notable about that we, we go over this in in our episode specifically about new monarchy but uh definitely worth mentioning again is he used to like be very like uh give a lot of alms like like just really try to help poor people out and uh like just empty his pockets as he walked down the street and he stopped he had to stop doing that yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's 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 he doesn't really have control of his factory anymore he can't really give away money <laughs> he's just like owned by yeah. owned by new monarchy <laughs> like oh yeah. dude, poor buddy <laughs> you almost you always had it you always had it all um uh so i i bagels do you have do you have any like other questions uh comments i'm i'm, I'm i mean i'm i'm loving this but I'm, I'm sort of running out of i feel like i'm an omelon expert now among <laughs> other things yeah uh, i i i don't have any direct questions it's uh yeah, it's it's, it's it's just fun 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 topic just to go go into the the backstory on some of these guns because I I personally wasn't particularly well versed in in the backstory and a lot of this, these weapons coming into this so I greatly appreciate it. Yeah, man, thanks 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 for coming for coming yeah, at no us, uh, Rhino. Um, for in the off chance someone knew about us first, <laughs> where can your new fans find you? <laughs> uh i mainly i mainly am on twitter uh at rhino underscore 666 um and then you know i've got i'm on instagram as rhino props so if you're interested to see what i build i I make a lot of knives for people um Mm -hmm. but i also make other props too and and get one-off commissions most of the time i do commissions i don't really advertise them just because they're kind of you know they're personal for the people that i do them for sure sure um but the knives are are really my creation so i i just i i love to share those like the different types of knives i make for people it's it's you people that give me these ideas because people come to me all the time like oh can you make a knife look like this and i'm like that sounds awesome yeah let's try it (laughs) you know um so it it really kind of it's fun it's really fun for me um but that's that's my prop side of things. As far as um, as far as the lore goes, uh, 
yeah, I'm I'm really stuck in the in the weapons. Uh, I have a site. It's called Am, uh, ArmoryDefined.com, DestinyArmoryDefined.com. Uh, and what I've been trying to do is over the years, try to compile as many definitions for all the guns in destiny I can possibly do. And it's, it's very hard to do, <laughs> not, not to mention the, the amount of hours you have to sit and just data entry and sift through all the BS online as, as to what something means. Um, but then you also have to, you have to relate it to uh, a real world and, and how destiny fits in that. So I do that every Thursday on Twitter and I do it in the form of, of destiny lore cards. Uh, I make these little threads on, on uh, Twitter every Thursday about a particular gun ship, whatever in destiny. And I just kind of explain it the best I can so that everybody can understand it and how it relates to destiny. Not only, you know, Oh, you know, this word means this and it came from Latin and means that. No, I don't care about that stuff. Oh, what I try to do is really try to find out why it's important to destiny and bring that into the definition. So I do that. I, I really, I really want to uh, want to emphasize. Um, and and I, I know you share a lot of those on, uh, on Twitter. Uh, I've, I've had a lot of fun, uh, you know, following you on there and, uh, and seeing your uh, the, the different definitions that you've added and uh, the hard work that you put into it, like it's it's really it's 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 a it's a better read. Like it's not just like a like he's saying it's not just like a word of the day type of thing. Like you're gonna you're gonna learn some stuff, and he he really puts a lot of work into it. So I I, I definitely want to uh, to recommend those. And and his props are cool. <laughs> They're so cool. Thanks, I, man. I, I appreciate may, it. I may be putting money aside to get one. <laughs> maybe i have to do it secretly yeah. because my girlfriend will hit me yeah, <laughs> yeah. i mean it's the it, it's the age-old problem that everyone has is like more time right to do things so right. obviously if i had all the time in the world i would just i would in i would just make things constantly <laughs> but um so i mean I'm, I'm reserved to a couple hours every day in the afternoon late on just what am i going to do today you know type of thing so i love it um, I'll, I'll, I'll sit down and do that. But then, um, yeah. So, I mean, it, it's fun. I, I enjoy doing that. So one day I'll have more stuff. I mean, I, I have things sitting on a shelf that just need to be done, finished things like that. And, uh, so yeah, just more stuff will be coming. Uh, but for now, uh, everything that I have is that I can repeat over and over stuff like knives, helmets, you know, mm-hmm. uh, pins and art. So cool. So, cool. um, so do you have any, uh, do you have any, do you have any shout outs? Is there any, anything you want, any thing or person you would like to shout out at the end of the show? Uh, Rhino being sir in this, uh, oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, no, I'm, shout out to my crew uh, at Loose Cannon. I mean, we do a podcast there as well. And so this was a lot of fun, man, because over you. there we try to we try to keep it a little bit more topical as far as like what's relevant in the game at the moment. And mm-hmm. so we, we kind of stay on rails for the most part. Uh, but we are very loose, so we just spin off into nothingness. Sounds familiar. You can find me over there on that podcast. We'll probably be starting up again soon. Um, we just had some issues going on. You know, Baxter's got some stuff going on. And, and a non-schedule has been a little wonky lately. And 
you know, everybody's been on hiatus on a lot of things right now because it's just so, you know, what it is like now. Everybody's yeah. just kind of just trying to find a new normal. So we'll be doing that again soon. Um, but that's that's a show that I do with Baxter, who who you know runs the Ishtar Collective that everybody uses to find out about Destiny. Yep. And and uh, and Anon Anon Pig uh on twitter he's he's a co-host as well and he's really the reason why loose cannon exists he it's amazing like i all i know about is weapons and how they relate to the world uh because that's my that's my obsession and i have an analytical mind but he knows freaking everything about the lore and it's just insane what that guy uh can do so shout out to anon pig and shout out to baxter of course because baxter is like the guy that keeps us all wrangled in and not going crazy on these wild ideas i love it so, i love it yeah that's a big big shout out to uh to them just a second chime in on that sorry <laughs> yeah <laughs> um that's yeah no it's uh it, it, please please take the uh the sdp endorsement and go check out their show um honestly like if 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 you're somehow uh crazy and didn't like what you heard today it was us it wasn't rhino go listen to his show <laughs> like, <laughs> like no this is fun man this is really cool i like i like what y'all are doing here it's, you know spinfall is, is is something that you know i mean back to the 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 old days, you know, I mean, that's, that's all we did when we didn't know anything about mm -hmm. destiny. All we did was speculate all day long and try to figure out well, what does that mean? What does it mean? <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, it's kind of funny because I almost feel like, yeah, there's more content creators and more people doing it now, but uh, you guys are doing it so well uh, because of the resources that we have now available back in the day. I mean, we were just pulling stuff out of our wazoos, you know, trying to figure out <laughs> what does this mean? And, and, uh, and, you know, we had nothing to base it on. And then <laughs> three months later, we were like, we're totally wrong. <laughs> I remember those days. I remember yeah. Those days. So, you know, today I, I wish that more people would do things like this uh, today because I feel like there's a lot of opportunity at this moment to really get engaged and there's a lot of lore and I really wish uh, people, I mean, I know there's big guys out there exploring the lore, but they're doing it in a, in a, in a uh, aerial perspective way so that you kind of get the big picture of everything, but they're, they're really missing out on a lot of the intricacies within the game uh, that can be explored and people don't really know about. Um, and, and if they did know about it, they would probably rewrite a lot of the stuff that they already wrote. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I really I really appreciate the the compliment there. Uh, you know, we're trying to uh, if if this was the Marvel universe, we're definitely at the street level lore. <laughs> you were down yeah. there. We we're protecting Hell's Kitchen. <laughs> yeah, you're you're in the trenches, dude. You're, you're throwing the grenades, man. Oh, I really appreciate really appreciate that. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, Bagels, keep at it. Bagels, do you have any shoutouts, my man? I want to shout out to James Remar. Uh, apparently, it is if if you know Harry from Dexter, uh, Dexter's dad. Mm -hmm. That is James Remar. So um, he's been a voice actor in a lot of stuff. I looked him up on IMDb since we brought him up as, oh, as a voice he, actor. That's who Deo is. Now I feel like a jerk. Of course, I know who that guy. <laughs> I, did, I didn't I had mean no to make idea. him seem like less of a star. I was like, who's that guy? Who's Hideo? <laughs> Well, he's actually a pretty, pretty big dude. Uh, I so. know. I'm a jerk. I'm sorry. Sorry, dude. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah. So, uh, so shout out to James Remark because he's awesome. So. 
That's awesome. so cool. Dexter's dad is Hideo. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I think that tells you everything. Oh, yeah. I think that tells you. He trained. He said, like, my son is, like, clearly a murderer. <laughs> Well, you know that this. last, <laughs> you know that last tenant in New Monarchy is pretty scary, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's they're a whole they're a whole thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they they are a whole they're a whole a whole thing. It's it's yeah. I can't I can't even because we'll be here another two hours. Yeah, just, just me like just me like being mad <laughs> like mad about New Monarchy. But, oh, um. So I think I think that's all we got, guys. Uh, I want to give a shout out to uh, our guest Rhino underscore six six six. Thank you so much for being on the show. This was this was a lot of fun to host you, um, and we really we really appreciate you uh, you taking the time. Um, for those of you who don't know, we uh, we're we're doing a special uh, morning recording, and you know he took he took one of the you know. He talked about having only so many hours in the day. He took a couple hours out of his like very packed day <laughs> to uh, to come to come be our guest, and we really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome, man. Thank you guys for having me on. This was awesome. Awesome. Um, so yeah, with that, I am I am Taylor B. You can find me online at this is Red Leader um, on Twitter. You can find me in the temp chat as uh, as Taylor B. And uh, as, of course, uh, here in the outro, you can uh, you can find me on this show on all those great locations we list off. <laughs> but with that, <laughs> stay safe out there. Uh, keep keep at it. We're we're making way. We're having fun. And we'll see you next time. Bye. 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 That's the end of this week's topic. But be sure to check out our past and future episodes on Spotify, iTunes and Podbean. If you have any questions about this week's topic, want to discuss Destiny lore with us, or if you just feel like reaching out to us, you can find us on Twitter at SpinfoilTheory, or you can email us via SpinfoilTheory at gmail.com. Thanks for listening!